Hey, Uncommon Church, we're coming to you almost live from Israel. Our team came to spend this week here in the land of Israel on a work trip to bless the Jewish people. Now, the group got in last night on Friday night as the Sabbath was beginning. We're filming this on Saturday, and Josie and I realized, hey, we've got a few hours to give a really quick whirlwind tour of the land of Israel. So we jumped in the rental car, and we started early this morning, and we're driving all over the place. We went down to Caesarea, where the gospel went out where the Apostle Paul was imprisoned and he took the gospel to the nations from there where the gospel first came with Peter to the Gentile world and uh, Cornelius was saved and filled with the Holy Spirit that's the first time that happened to a Gentile then we drove up to Mount Carmel all the way to the very tippy top and that's where we are right now where in 1st Kings chapter 18 Elijah had a showdown with the prophets of Baal that happened on a hill just above we were sitting and we actually jumped in the car to drive because we're heading down to the Sea of Galilee when Josie said this is a quiet spot there's nobody around maybe we could film the video for the church so we just jumped out of the car and we're literally sitting like on a trail and the people behind you'll see in a minute are sitting on rocks and I said let's just take 20 or 30 minutes and I've got a word on my heart for Uncommon Church so we're filming this just a, a day before and we're gonna push it up to you guys so I just am so glad you have tuned in with us here in the land of Israel if you want to come on a real tour not a few hours of a whirlwind. Man, I double dog dare you to sign up for our tour of Israel, which is going to be happening in November. There's details on our website. Open your Bibles to, well, we're going to do the big story in Exodus chapter 12, but I'll, I'll get to a few things before that. I want to talk about the Passover, the Exodus of how, well, let me just remind you, maybe you don't know the story. God promised this land of Israel to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and his descendants, the, the people that formed and created the, the Jewish nation, but it's a long story. They were sent down to Egypt and everything started okay, but it ended in slavery. And the Jewish people were slaves in Egypt. And this went on for hundreds of years. And they were crying out to God for deliverance. If you've ever seen the Prince of Egypt when you were a kid, you know the story that God raised up Moses. And he came up here and he um, was spoken to through a burning bush. And God sent him back down to the land of Egypt to let the people go and the, the the pharaoh the king of egypt his heart was hard and he said no i'm not going to let the jewish people go those is my slave labor they're they're building my pyramids and and uh, he said listen you've got to because if not god is going to deal harshly with you and then these 10 plagues came upon pharaoh and on the people of egypt but all of that was meant to soften pharaoh's heart that he would let the people of israel return to the land of israel and um, the final plague that moses said was coming was the death of the firstborn so because there had been nine previous plagues that all came true this tenth plague was going to happen and it was going to be severe the firstborn child would die as part of this plague but god needed to spare the jewish people from the, 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 the agony and the pain uh, that would happen through the firstborn because they, they weren't meant to, to be under this curse. So all of this story in the Old Testament, you might think of it as just part of the history of the Jewish people. It doesn't affect me in Texas in 2023, but I tell you that it does. 
because everything that we learn about the Jewish people in the Old Testament, it is the foundation that our church was built on. Every promise that was given to the Jewish people, the Bible says, and that's a whole other sermon, we have been grafted in to the, the community of Israel because of our believing that Jesus is Messiah. So this Old Testament story is a foreshadowing of what God wants to do in your life. So I'm going to read part of that story from the book of Exodus, but I, I want you to be mindful that it is a foreshadowing of what God is going to do. In, in fact, um, what Paul wrote to the church in Colossae, let me just read this from Colossians chapter 2 and verse 16. Don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or what you drink, whether you celebrate a certain holy day or a new moon ceremony or even the Sabbath, because these rules are a shadow of the reality yet to come. They are a shadow of Christ himself. He is the reality. So even as we, we read about these ancient stories, and today we'll read about the story of the, the first Passover, it is a, a shadow. Do you, do you remember like you would make um, a, a projected image of a child in like kindergarten where they would have that light and project your shadow on the wall and then they would trace out your shadow and you'd write your name across, you know, Billy, assuming your name is Billy, and you would give it to your mom or something. That was a shadow. It's not who you are, but it is a very similar outline of what you look like. So when you read these ancient stories, it's a shadow of something much more to come. And of course, we see that in Jesus. So Exodus 12 describes the plan for Passover, how God was going to spare the firstborn children. So for 3,500 years, every year since this first Passover, the Jewish people have been celebrating God, celebrating what God did, celebrating that he caused death to pass over and bring them freedom and deliverance. We as believers in Jesus, we see Jesus as the Passover lamb, and I'll read verses about that later, and that is how we know that God set us free because we see it in the shadow and he brings us deliverance. Exodus chapter 12 is where I asked you to turn verse one. I'm going to read kind of a big chunk of the story. So I'm already kind of amped up and ready to get into it. So I'm reading quickly. So just kind of read quickly with me. While the Israelites were still in the land of Egypt, the Lord gave the following instructions to Moses and Aaron. From now on, this month is the first month of the year for you. So announce to the whole community of Israel that on the 10th day of this month, you must get each family to choose a lamb or a young goat as a sacrifice, one animal for each household. The animal you select must be a one-year-old male, either a sheep or a goat with no defect. Take special care of this chosen animal. I want you to remember that. It's going to come into play later. Take special care of this chosen animal until the evening of the 14th day of the first month. Then the whole assembly of the community of Israel must slaughter that lamb or young goat at twilight. I don't know if you can tell, but we're on a dirt trail and there's four wheelers coming in behind me. So I'm just going to peek over my shoulder or look at Josh to say, do we need to stop or can we keep going? We're going to have to wait for a minute. So I'm going to cut it right here. Okay. Take two. Four wheelers have gone by on their trail. We are on verse seven. They are to take some of the blood and smear it on the sides and top of the door frames of the houses where they eat that animal. That same night, they must roast the meat over a fire and eat it, listen carefully, along with bitter salad greens and bread that is made without yeast. Let's jump down to verse 11. These are your instructions for eating this meal. 
be fully dressed, wear your sandals, carry your walking stick in your hand, eat the Passover meal with urgency. It is the Lord's Passover. On that night, I will pass through the land of Egypt and I will strike down every firstborn son and firstborn male animal of the land of Egypt. I will execute judgment against the gods of Egypt because I am the Lord. But, listen carefully, but the blood on your doorposts will serve as a sign marking the houses where you are staying and when i see the blood i will pass over you this plague of death will not touch you when i strike the land of egypt so the first and very obvious point is that the lamb was a substitute for man and that when that lamb was killed that animal was a sacrifice for the people that were to be killed and that blood was spread over the doorpost of their homes and that blood caused death to pass over when we put our faith in jesus we take the blood of the lamb of god and we put it over the doorpost of our homes and death passes over our lives because we are under the blood of that lamb. And then I just want to go back to a couple of things that I'll draw out quickly. You know, if you would celebrate Passover with us in just a few weeks, we're going to go through all this in great detail and it's going to make so much more sense. But the, the bread that's eaten during Passover is matzah bread. It's a bread made without yeast. And in scripture, yeast is a symbol of sin. So that the, the whole point is that the bread that, of affliction that we eat that night, it has no sin in it. Jesus is the sacrifice for our lives that had no sin in his life. And then, of course, the lamb. Select a lamb, and it's a special lamb. And did you notice it said you should take special care of that lamb leading up to it, meaning that the family knew this animal. The family knew this lamb. The family probably named this lamb and loved this lamb, and the children loved this lamb. So there was a love for the lamb that was gonna bring them salvation and redemption. So there's this whole beautiful picture that that lamb is what was sacrificed, that blood that was shed so that we wouldn't experience death, that death would pass over us, and it is our love for that lamb. And did you notice that the doorpost of their home, the, the entry place in and out of their home, that is what had to be covered with the blood of the lamb. So what is the doorpost of your life? You know, in, in Western culture, we look at that as our, our heart, that our heart is, is what brings things in and out of our lives. It has to be covered with the blood, not just once a year, not just once in a, in a, in a church service when you pray, but every day we need to live under the blood of the lamb on the doorpost of our homes. Speaking of home, I love that God wanted at least once a year the entire family to come together. Salvation was meant to come through the family. It was the fathers as the head of the home that lead the Passover meal. So fathers, I'm just speaking to you for a moment. Man, I encourage you to be the man that God has called to lead your home, to know the Lord, to know the lamb, to know the blood of Jesus that covers over the doorpost of your home. It is important that family gathers together. If you're not yet married, if you don't have kids yet, it's, it's important that we gather in community. So I encourage all of you, single people, married people, empty nesters like Josie and I, uh, wherever you are in whatever stage of life, if you've got little kids, bring them to the Passover because it's important that we tell these stories and retell these stories. And it's just the plan of salvation is personal. 
you, nobody can get saved for you. Nobody can put faith in Jesus for you, but the plan of salvation is also corporate. We need one another. We need to be in a corporate body. We need to be in a community of believers to celebrate the Lamb of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7, the Apostle Paul literally says, Christ is the Passover Lamb. He has been sacrificed for us. Keep reading in verse 8. So therefore, let us keep the celebration of the festival of Passover. Because Christ is the Passover lamb, Paul is telling the church in Corinth, a Gentile church, to celebrate the Passover. Because he is the Passover lamb, let's celebrate the Passover. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21, God made Christ, who never sinned, to be our offering for sin, so that we could be made right with God. Jesus is our pure and spotless Passover lamb. Jesus is the lamb that we love and we choose dearly. First Peter chapter one, you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life that you inherited from your ancestors. Shots fired to our parents and grandparents. But so many people inherited an empty life. And what Peter was trying to say is that ransom for you to receive more than an empty life was given through Jesus. He paid that ransom, not with gold and silver, but through the, the precious blood of Christ. And look at the end of verse 19, the sinless, spotless blood of the Lamb of God. That was the price that was paid for you. All of us are sinners. All of us need death to pass over our lives. All of us need a, a, a sacrifice that is without sin and it is pure and holy to, to, to be laid down for our sin. Jesus took our sin to the cross. So it's just so important that we put the blood of the Lamb over the doorpost of our hearts. Every time I read this story, I do laugh to myself a little bit because you have to imagine that the men all got together and they heard from Moses and Aaron and here's the plan, all right? You know your favorite lamb? Yeah, okay, the one your kid sleeps with, they love that lamb, it's the cozy little lamb, right. We're gonna kill it and then we're gonna pour out its blood and then we're gonna take that blood and put it over the door frame of your house. Got it? High five, let's go. So these husbands came home that day and they're like, all right, honey, here's the plan. Plague number 10, everybody's dead, except we're gonna take blood and put it over the doorpost of our house. And the wives were like, you're gonna why? You're gonna kill our favorite lamb and then you're gonna pour its blood over our house? Are you crazy? Sometimes the plan of salvation seems crazy to those that don't understand it. Your family might think you're crazy for putting your faith in Jesus. Your friends at work might think you're crazy for putting your, 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 your faith and your trust because you have to imagine, there had already been nine plagues. They knew that God was real. They knew that the plagues were real. They had seen the devastation on the people of Egypt. They had experienced it. So when God said he's gonna kill the firstborn, there was this like fear and trepidation, this awe that God was gonna do this amazing thing. So if the plan required you to kill your favorite animal and put the blood over your home, you were gonna do it even if the plan sounded crazy. That crazy plan is how they were all saved and eventually delivered from their slavery. What if they wouldn't have believed? What if they didn't put their faith in the Lamb? Romans chapter 3, we're skipping to the New Covenant. Everybody has sinned. All of us have fallen short of God's glorious standard. Yet God. God, with undeserved kindness, He declares that we are made righteous. He did this how? Through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty 
of our sins. God, listen to verse 25, God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for our sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life and was shedding his blood. That sacrifice shows that God was being fair because he held back death. He held back punishment. Even though we had sinned, God held back his punishment for our sin. Why? Because God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for our sin. Going back to the Passover meal, he said that there should be an urgency that this, this thing is happening tonight. There's no time to like super get ready. You're going to go and kill that animal. You're going to put the blood over the home. You're going to eat fully dressed. You're going to have your walking stick in your hand. Why? Because freedom was coming on the other side of that sacrifice. Freedom from their slavery. What have you been a slave to? Have you been a slave to addiction? Have you been a slave to pornography? Have you been a slave to alcohol or weed? Or have you been a slave to depression? Have you been a slave to pills? Have you been a slave to money? Have you been a slave to yourself and your own pride? Have you been a slave to something in your life? Because I'm telling you, if you would urgently seek the Lord, urgently respond to the blood of Jesus and urgently accept the the sacrifice that was made on your behalf, there is freedom and deliverance coming. God is gonna walk you out of the, the bondage that you have been in. Too many Americans sit in their home while it's burning and on fire, and, and here we're crying out, your home is on fire, you've gotta run. And we're like, well, I, I, I'll get to it after my Netflix show is over. I'm on episode seven, but I gotta get through episode 10. I'm telling you, there are things in life that are so much more important than you binging the next show on Netflix. We've gotta get serious. We've got to like have this urgency in our response to God. John chapter 1 and verse 29, John the Baptist was, was baptizing people in the Jordan River, which is just right over here. And he says, look, the Lamb of God has come to take away the sin of the world. You've got to realize the Jewish people had been praying and believing and looking for Messiah for a long time. They had been celebrating Passover every, every year for 1,500 years. Suddenly, John screams, look, there is the Lamb of God. When they heard that, they would have seen this young rabbi, but what they would have heard is, there is your Passover lamb in this man. Salvation had come today. John the Baptist was saying, look, you've got to respond. You've got to put all of your attention and all of your focus on Jesus as the Lamb of God. The other interesting thing that I want to point out is that this Passover, the one we're going to celebrate in a few weeks, is the oldest still practiced religious rite in human history. For 3,500 years, the Jewish people have celebrated Passover. What does that mean? When God told the Jewish people, I want you to tell your children again and again and again these same stories, the people, the Jewish people took it literally. Mom and dad, it is so important that you teach your children the ways of God, the things of God, the miracles of God, not just from the Bible, but from what God has done in your own life. So I would strongly encourage you to bring your whole family to Passover. But more than that, mom and dad, I would strongly encourage you to, to teach your kids, your grandkids, your nieces, your nephews, these amazing stories of what God did. Deuteronomy chapter six and verse seven, repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home. Talk about them when you're on the road. Talk about them when you're going to bed. Talk about them when you get up in the morning. Talk about what God has done. This funny thing happened. You know, Josie and I arrived in Israel a few days before, and Josie's family lives here. So the other day was Purim, uh, where they, they celebrate the book of Esther and God's deliverance from death and Haman and all that 
that's some more homework for you is just to read the book of Esther. But the children nowadays, they dress up as different characters. And sometimes uh, they'll dress up as biblical characters. So my three-year-old nephew, I, I can't describe to you how cute he was. He was wearing a crown on his head and a robe, and he had a sling in his hand, and he said, roar, because all three-year-olds roar, whether they're people or lions or whatever. He said, I am King David, and he's swinging his sling. And me, being kind of a smart aleck, know-it-all pastor, I said, yes, Jonathan, but don't forget, when David was slinging his, 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 his sling, he wasn't king yet. And immediately, my seven-year-old nephew goes, well, Uncle Brad, don't forget, he had already been anointed king by Samuel. It just wasn't his time to become king yet. Amen. My seven-year-old nephew was so very right. How did he know that story so well and instantly point out to me, yeah, David was anointed king, but he wasn't king yet, and that it was the prophet Samuel that anointed him because his parents repeatedly tell him the same biblical stories over and over and over again. Mom and dad, we have to do a better job of teaching our kids the Bible, teaching our kids these ancient stories. So, I don't know, I feel like I've just kind of gone all over the map. Um, I'm gonna close the iPad and just share my heart for a minute, is that all right? Passover is still going on. I don't just mean in a couple of weeks, I mean right now. You have this choice, this moment to with urgency respond to what God is calling you to do to get death and slavery out and off of your life. There is freedom and deliverance and it doesn't come through works. It doesn't come through going to church. It doesn't come even through reading your Bible. It comes through faith. See that the people when they went to bed that night, they knew death was coming. They knew that people were going to die. They put their faith in the blood of the lamb. And then they had to go to bed that night, completely trusting that God was gonna be their deliverer. This is the point in the road where I don't know where you are, whether you're at our church watching live or maybe catching this later on YouTube. I'm telling you, God is real and he loves you so much. So many times we get held up in shame and bondage and fear. We don't realize how desperately God loves us. God loves you so much that he sent Jesus to be our Passover lamb, that he sent Jesus to take our sin on his back, that he sent Jesus to lay down his life in our place. He is our sacrificial lamb. And that it was the blood of that lamb that covers the doorpost of our hearts. And the whole thing is done by faith. That we would pray, that we would repent, that we would ask God to forgive us, that we would trust by faith that he would wash us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And then because we're ready, because there is an urgency in our hearts, because we've got our walking stick in our hand, we're not gonna stay in our addiction. We're not gonna stay in our sin. We're not gonna stay in that crud and that death and that slavery. We're gonna go walking into freedom. We're gonna go walking into a newness of life. That's what Jesus is calling us to do. That is every day is Passover. Every day we celebrate the blood of the lamb. Every day we renew our faith by faith that he is the one who sets us free. So if you're watching online, maybe you're there in our church service this morning and you're kind of inspired and this whole thing with Israel is kind of exciting. Listen, I, I need you to strip all that away and just listen to my heart. If you're far from God, if you don't know him, if, if you get hit by a bus this afternoon because of all the buses we have in Eulis, maybe you're in Dallas tonight and you're going out to eat and there's a bus in Dallas. But you, if you get hit by a bus and you're like, dude, I don't, I'm not 100% sure I'm going to heaven, 
You don't have to guess. You don't have to wonder. Right here in this church service, right here in this YouTube, if you're watching later, you can get right with God. You can ask him to forgive you of your sin. You can take the blood of the lamb and put it over the doorpost of your heart. And by faith, death will pass over you and you'll receive life. You'll receive eternal life. You'll receive adoption into the family of God. Man, I just, I, I strongly encourage you to respond to what God's doing in a moment. One of our pastors is gonna jump on here live with you and, and, and talk with you through. Our prayer team is gonna come down to the front and we wanna pray with you. We wanna encourage you. If maybe you have put your faith in Jesus, but you still feel like you're stuck in bondage, our prayer team is gonna help put a walking stick in your hand that you're gonna walk in freedom. You're gonna walk out of that crud that's been holding you back. We wanna see you walking in freedom, in healing, and wholeness. We wanna see you not walking like a, a slave anymore, not walking like an orphan. Man, God did all this because he wanted to adopt you into his family because he loves you so much. And here at Uncommon Church, we love you desperately. So church family, I thank you for just kind of tuning in on the big screen. And it was just so fun to get to, to see you guys even just digitally. Please be praying for our team this week as we get the opportunity to serve here in the land of Israel. We'll be working our little hearts out to bless the Jewish people. So be praying for our team. I would encourage you to sign up for the Passover Seder meal. Bring your whole family and celebrate the Passover. We'll do this same message in three hours instead of 20 minutes. Church family, we love you. I bless you. And I'll turn it over to one of our pastors now.